Hey guys, this episode of Gunfighter Cast was recorded live on Facebook, and it's something that I've done a couple of times, and I've got more feedback from the live videos than any other type of podcast that I've done. People saying they really, really enjoy it, and they wanted more of the live ones so they could ask questions and actually interact a little bit. Uh, some of those questions are a little bit delayed, so it, it kind of it sounds like a sporadic and jumping around a little bit, a little bit less focused than... Uh, I usually try to have, but you know, it, it's a small price to pay to do the live show and actually interact with uh, the listeners. I really enjoy having the conversations with them and answering questions right there for them and, and maybe spurring new questions that I have now. And it's just a really fun interaction and it's a lot more fun than me just talking to a microphone. So uh, if you wanted to in the future, follow me at Facebook slash Daniel Shaw 0369 and I'll put announcements out there for uh, next time I'm going live for an episode of Gunfighter Cast. Uh, you may see some guests on there live when I can figure that out. And um, uh, patrons uh, through the Patreon site who are patrons of Gunfighter Cast, they will get notification through that system as well of when I'll be live. Thanks for listening. Here's the show. Hello, welcome to Gunfighter Cast episode number. What number are we on these days? 139. Is that right? Well, welcome to Gunfighter Cast, and in this episode, I'm going to talk about uh, the VP9SK. I've had one for about a week and a half now, uh, shot it quite a bit, and um, ran into a little problem with it, and I have just figured out what the problem is, and I've been dealing with H&K a lot, and I'll tell you a little bit more about that here shortly, and then uh, spent the last few days at the NRA annual meetings and exhibits, and I got some news from there. Uh, quite a few new cool products and things out there. So we're going to talk a little about that. And then I'm going to talk about that debacle that's happening in Illinois with the uh, Illinois Firearms Manufacturers Association. And all that's what we're going to talk about tonight on this episode of Gunfighter Cast. Before that, i got to tell you about one of our sponsors is Primary Weapon Systems. Primary Weapon Systems, man, one of the most reliable guns. We're talking an AK long stroke piston in an AR. Uh, one of my favorite guns that I own right now. Had to jump out of the screen for just a second. You're going to dig this. I just got this thing in, especially with the new law. Well, the new interpretation or what we think is a new interpretation. I'm waiting to get some more information on that and get the right person to come on. Uh, when you guys come up, whenever uh, I get the right person to come on and we do have the right clarification on the new interpretation of where we can shoulder a pistol brace or arm brace or any of those things, uh, I'm going to bring that to you uh, whenever I get it for sure. Because I'm hearing a lot of people who don't really know or they think they know, and that's not something I want to play with. Uh, I want to make sure I get it right uh, and make sure you ought to make sure you get it right too. Uh, this is the primary weapon systems Mark 111 pistol. Look at that buffer tube and the, uh, the whole system there. Gets nice and small. It's an 11-inch gun and tiny and uh if what's going on is what we think's going on with these braces man i, I think i think i think we're in the right spot to or people are at least up there are thinking about pulling short barrel rifles and those kind of things off of the nfa uh if, if they're if the things that i'm reading the things that i'm hearing if they're true they're basically about to say or they have uh there's just nothing really clear on it that i've seen that's perfect because what i read from the atf it looked like they just changed some words and made it even more ambiguous than it was to begin with so uh, i keep seeing the reversal of decision but i'm just not seeing that in the paper uh maybe that's changed a little bit now so um i'm hoping uh i'm hoping that's true and if that was directed by higher than uh that level like i'm hearing then i'm pretty that was just a fast way to make the short barrel rifles more available um and maybe we'll see them come off the nfa 
and hopefully we'll see suppressors coming off the NFA and all that stuff happen. That will be really, really good news for gun owners out there, and I'll be excited about it. Maybe they'll even give me my money back for my tax stamps. I seriously doubt that, but that would be awesome. That's what I'm hoping for. And that PWS gun, go check those out at primaryweaponsystems.com. And uh, I, man, I've been using a PWS for about four years. And I, I, you know, there's a lot of good, reliable ARs out there. There really is. Um, when I was looking for a sponsor of Gun for Gunfighter Cast, a rifle company, PWS was the first person, people that I talked to uh, because I love their company culture. I love the people there. Uh, I went up there and taught a class with them and they were all off work and they were sitting out back on the patio, drinking beer, hanging out like a family. And uh, I just don't see that with a lot of companies that I deal with in this industry, uh, just the way they were at it, it, I absolutely love PWS and uh, I can get behind them and uh, they're, they're awesome. I'm in the, the studio and by studio, I mean house and by house, I mean my RV, right? Uh, I got the new, well, it's not really new anymore. It's new to me, the Romeo 5 on there. I haven't had any experience with the, with the SIG optics yet, but I've heard a lot of good things. Uh, I really like the price point on those things. So I'm hoping this optic's going to be good. Um, don't know if it is or not, but I'm, I'm hoping it is because good price points and I'm hearing a lot of good things. But yeah, if you want to see it, even better pictures and prettier pictures, uh, primaryweaponsystems.com and check those out. And if you guys get anything there, or buy anything there, tell them that, that you heard about them from us, man. If you're on the Facebook page, tell them you heard about them from That helps me out a lot. I really appreciate that. Cool. We'll get into the first thing that we're going to talk about. And this is going to be an interactive show. You know, you guys, I'm going to read your questions. Uh, if you've got comments, I'll read the comments on there. Um, and I, I didn't... I didn't intend on doing a lot of live shows, but out of everything I've done in all the years of Gunfighter Cast, I've gotten more messages, more emails, and more feedback uh, after doing these live shows than anything else. People are all asking for more live shows. I don't even know why. I don't care if that's what they, they want to get, then uh, we'll do live shows. They're pretty easy for me. And uh, I have a lot of fun doing it. It's a lot more fun than me just standing here or sitting here talking into a microphone. So first, VP9SK update. Anybody out there excited about the VP9SK? Yeah. So the um, I got a VP. I'll give you the backstory. So I, I got a VP9SK, and Angela, the PR person at HK that I deal with, uh, I had been beating her up for a couple of years about getting the first one, and she came through for me. She sent uh, me the first VP9SK, but she probably tells all the girls that um, she sent me that one and. I took it out to the range the day that I picked it up at the store. And when I got out to the range, me and my wife were just taking turns shooting it, running some drills, just hitting some steel, just seeing how fast we could shoot it accurately. And uh, it instantly became my new carry gun because of the trust that I've built with the VP9. I've got a VP9 that has over 15,000 rounds through it. And I've had zero issues and I've taken classes with it. It's been sweaty. It's been dirty. It's been covered in mud. It's been submerged in water. It's been rained on and the gun has been reliable. It has been more reliable for me than my Glocks have. And, you know, Glock is often, you know, when I talk about triggers, I compare those to 1911. When I'm talking about reliability of a handgun, I compare those to the reliability of a Glock. And I'm seeing equal, uh, if not better reliability for me with that VP9 than the Glock. And that's impressed me a lot. So when I saw this VP9 SK and it's finally coming out, I was really excited about it. So about three, 400 rounds in, it became my new carry gun. And then about 475, it stopped becoming my new carry gun because the gun, um, I had a little problem 
Um, yeah, it has been ducked in water. Uh, I had a little problem with um, the. It didn't go all the way into battery first. It, it just got. A, I got like an awkward click because the gun wasn't all the way in battery. And then my wife's like, "I can't rack it to the rear." I was like, "Well, get stronger." And then she handed it to me, being a you know smartass, and I, I couldn't rack it to the rear either because it wouldn't go back to the rear all the way. It was just it was just a, a millimeter or two from being where it needed to be to get that slide lock lever in in place. Um, so I didn't know what the problem was. I took it apart. I looked at it. I didn't see anything immediately because the spring the way it was turned, I couldn't notice that it was the spring. Um, and then I I. I Loaded up again, started racking it again. I checked the bore, make sure there wasn't anything in the chamber, anything crazy. It was safe to shoot. And I went to shoot it again. We got about 30, 40 rounds through it. Um, and then it did the same thing again. It did that. Uh, and we, we took the spring apart. We took the whole, I took the whole gun apart when I did it the second time. And I found that the spring was twisted where the end of the recoil spring connects, uh, to the other piece of the spring inside of the guide rod. It had looped over two layers or two coils of the spring and that had gotten caught on the gun and the barrel and not allowed it to lock to the rear and not allowed it to go all the way back into battery. So I did what everybody does, right? We bent the spring back into place the way it's supposed to be thinking, yeah, we'll see if it does it again. Maybe it was just something wasn't in place right to begin with from the factory. Well, it moved back to the same location the next day when we came out to shoot it. Uh, my wife started trying to use it in a class, and she got about three rounds in, and the gun went down uh, forever because the spring was bad. I sent pictures and emails to H&K. H&K was emailing me back and asking for more pictures and close-up stuff and more details uh, all through the weekend, which I thought was really cool because this gun's not released yet. This gun is, uh, it, it, I believe it's in production, but it may not be in full production yet, but the gun's not, they don't, they don't even have ship dates on them yet to distributors as far as I know. So uh, the gun, it's not a full production gun out there, everything already. So they were really interested in, did we, did we have an issue with this? Is it epidemic? And I was worried about that too, because I, sometimes I don't want to like guns and I fall in love with them. I didn't want to like the original VP9, but I fell in love with it. I didn't want to like the Glock 42, but I think it's a huge problem solver. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the Glock 42 for a lot of different people um, and myself in some applications. Um, so, well, there's my wife. Hey, how you doing? Um, the uh, So th there's a lot of – I wanted to love this VP9 and – I couldn't because the gun broke on me, uh, but I wanted to help H&K and see if they could fix it. So I, and they were responding right away. Uh, I sent pictures to them all weekend. They had one of their quality control engineers go to the NRA annual meetings uh, to look at the spring and measure and everything. And I ended up surrendering the gun to them uh, because uh, they needed that gun to get back to Germany because they wanted to look over this thing completely just to make sure everything was perfect with the VP9 SK. And I really appreciate that. You know, as a company, yeah, they, they don't want to have a bad reputation. HK has a good reputation of reliability and they have a good rep, but what they don't have a good re reputation is, is customer service. And I was pretty impressed by their customer service and what they're doing for me. I mean, yeah, maybe some of it was self-serving because they wanted to make sure they had their thing right and everything else. But as I was talking to the PR people and the social media manager, uh, there was a lot of concern for the end users out there. There are law enforcement that are using it. There are armed citizens that are using it. Uh, there's a big disconnect in uh, all European countries 
are all European gun manufacturers and the U.S. market. The European gun manufacturers just never understand you. They never understand the regular armed citizen out there. Uh, but I, I will say that I know FN now and H&K, they are doing something about that, and they're making some good strides in what they're doing. And those are the two that I, I'm close to that I know are working hard on it. The others maybe as well, but I'm seeing some good things from FN and H&K trying to, to beef up that, that service and to better understand you and your needs and make better products for you. Um, and I'm, I hope it keeps up. And that's, that's what I, if I could help, I wanted to help them with that. And I want this gun to carry because, uh, the gun was very, very soft shooting and it just fits your hand just like the VP9 does. Uh, I'll put a link to the, in the show notes or if I, here in a few minutes, I'll put it up in the, uh, or if anybody can do that, can find it. That'd be awesome too. Uh, at getzone.com, I have got the initial review of the VP9 SK up there and it's got a report on it, pretty detailed. And, uh, what I'm doing now is I've got the LE model coming. They're sending me another gun because they're sending me that same gun back. I made them promise and shake hands and pinky swear and everything else. They're sending me that same VP9 SK back, but I may not see it for a few months. If it has to go across the pond, it may be six months. If it's staying here in just the US, I might get it back here in a couple of weeks, but I want to finish the testing with that same gun that I started with. And that way for my own peace of mind, when I'm telling you that this was an epidemic, it was just that one bad spring in my gun because I'm unlucky and it shouldn't happen to you. If I'm going to tell you that, I want to make sure it's the truth. Uh, but I, I hope the gun works and I hope whatever it is, they get it figured out and uh, it, it'll be awesome if, it, if they do. Um, because I, you're going to enjoy this gun if, if you go shoot it. My, my wife loved it immediately. She wanted one. Um, I did too. And then it broke. And, uh, but I, I, I think I really do. I can't say for sure, but, uh, everything indicates that this is most likely just an isolated incident with that spring. And I hope that's the case, but if that's not the case and I find out differently, I'm not going to hold that back either. Cause I, Agent K, I, I I don't know H and K anything, you know, I just, I want a good platform for you and a good platform for me. And I, I, I like that gun a lot for myself. So that's the, uh, VP nine SK update, man, people from all over the world in here. Listen to me. This is cool. Uh, go check out that article. It gets on. And, uh, and if you got anything, any comments, you know, just send me a message. You guys can always reach me at Daniel Shaw, zero three, six, nine at gmail.com. Um, uh, you can always just reach right here at the Facebook page, making a comment or, uh, or in a message and yeah, pretty easy. Moving on, NRA annual meetings. Any of you guys at the NRA annual meetings? I ran into quite a few gunfighter listeners there. You know, it's really cool. I I was telling a friend of mine, Apollo uh, Rubio, the our GN that people know him on the internet. Um, oh, my wife is being a good good helper. She put the link to that gets on article in the comments. Um, I, I was telling him that I, I don't know what I enjoy most or what I'm most excited about at NRA when I run into a gunfighter cast listener is whenever they say, Hey man, I really appreciate what you're doing and everything else. That is absolutely awesome. But there's a compliment that me and my wife get a lot at the shows and they're like, man, you guys are always running around busy. You know, like you guys are hustling. I, I love that. I love that. That's to me, that's a compliment. Like people are noticing that we're doing that. And uh, that's, that's really cool. Uh, Jake Martini asked, will the VP9 fit existing holsters? Uh, we use one of my old VP9 holsters for the VP9 SK. And yeah, it fit just fine. But I mean, you're, if you're going for concealment and really maximize the size of that gun, or, or I guess the usefulness of the size of that gun, you should probably get one that, you know, fits that gun a little bit better. Uh, any certain ammo for carrying the, the 42 right now in the 42, I carry it. If I, when I go run, uh, my wife carries it a lot. Uh, we carry the spear gold dot. Um, 
84 grain. Does that sound right? That that look on the the, the box. Uh, but yeah, I, the spear gold dot. I have shot, uh, did some stuff through some intermediate barriers with that spear gold dot and, and the three the three eighty spear gold dot, and it's pretty impressive. Uh, it it did performed quite a bit better than I expected it. Uh, it performed better than some of the other brands of three eighty out there. So uh, that's why I I stay with that uh that spear. You know what? Let me let me look that up just to make sure I'm telling you right. Ninety grain is what it is. I use a ninety grain spear gold dot. That VP9 also uses the same magazines. It'll it'll fit the P30 magazines, the VP magazines, all those things. So if you guys don't want to carry the flush fit mag and then have a fifteen round magazine in your pocket, uh, you'll have all that right there with the uh with the new VP9. Anyway, uh, NRA show. I was filming an episode with me and my wife and our son Gunner uh, of American Nomads. American Nomads is a six-piece video series or six-episode video series of about us traveling the country um, and telling stories. You know, I took a breaching course with a bunch of SWAT cops uh, up in Alliance, Ohio. Um, I did. We went out to. Uh, which we got some shots of us all over the country. We've been about like, don't, this isn't perfect math, but somewhere around 5,000 miles since March 1st, uh, February 28th, I think is the first day we took off. We have been all over the country and, uh, uh, we've been Ohio, um, Went there first, went to Wichita after that, stopped in, in Illinois on the way, stopped in Indiana on the way, um, got down to Wichita, hung out, went to Roswell. That was a place me and the wife always wanted to go. Uh, then went over to Flagstaff and then went to Vegas and hung out for an event. And then got to saw the Grand Canyon, got to saw, got to see the Grand Canyon, got to see uh, Hoover Dam. Uh, so much cooler than I thought it was going to be, man. The Hoover Dam was my favorite. It was just all this weird physics and spacey stuff going on that they they did. Uh, really, really cool. Um, it just nerded out a little bit there. But it was a lot of fun, and it was awesome. Then we came back to Wichita and then up to Indiana for a class that I was teaching and then down to NRA, and now we're about to make a trek up to Virginia, then Ohio again. We're all over the place. And what American Nomads, the goal here is to reach outside of the firearms industry and show you guys man show people who you are you're not the um the stereotypical what the media and the antis want to paint you to be you're the most caring the most giving the most charitable um the most selfless people in this country and i truly believe that and that's what i wanted american nomads to do is tell the story about the law enforcement officers why they do what they do why they train, not because they want to be better at killing people, because they want to get it right and they want to save lives. Um, the same reason you guys train, the same reason you guys learn, the same reason you listen to this show, um, it's because you want to get better. You want to be, if you can be just a, a percentage of a percentage more prepared, then you would spend money and time to do that because you love the people that you, you, you're you there to protect. And uh, I want to show that to people. And uh, Get Zone and Media Lodge, uh, Gun Broker, um, Funker Tactical, they're all helping me do that, helping me tell this story. And I can't wait to show you guys this whole uh, series. And it, we're looking at somewhere, I'm not going to give a real date, but fall sometime when these are going to be out. And uh, it, it's going to be really cool. One of the coolest things I've ever been a part of. But anyway, the uh, that's what we're doing at the NRA show. Is we're, we're filming one of those episodes. And that was, uh, it, it was very successful. It had a lot of fun. But one of the things I'd, I always do with these shows is go see all my friends. 
So I get to catch up with, uh, you know, all the other trainers that I hang out with and talk to. And, and one of my, the first people that I, one of the people I really wanted to see again was Jeff Axelson from Axelson Tactical. And if you don't know who Jeff Axelson is, Jeff is Matt Axelson's brother. Matt Axelson uh, was a U.S. Navy SEAL. We lost him in Operation Red Wings. You've probably seen the movie Lawn Survivor. Um, Axe. Um, Axe was killed. And um, me and Paulo or GN from Funker were told that we were going to do a video for Axelson for one of our booth videos that we have to do at SHOT Show. So... Me and uh, Paulo decided, well, I guess I decided, uh, that we're going to do this video and we're going to do it even better, not just what we're supposed to do. We're going to go way beyond. So uh, we did that. And at the same time, I connected with Jeff and uh, my wife connected with Jeff. And it was just, we just became friends like we'd been friends for for years, man. And uh, it just so happened that whenever I went and got press passes at NRA this year, uh, I, as I was walking out, I just walked almost right into Jeff and his crew walking out of the, the building to go get some lunch. They were all sweaty from setting up their stuff and everything and, uh, gave each other a hug and, and talked for a second and found out they were going to lunch. So we all went to lunch and hung out. And then I got to hang out of their booth for a little bit. Got to meet Charlie Mike from Charlie Mike Precision. We're going to go hang out in July around the 4th of July down in Texas with them. Awesome guy. If you don't know who Charlie Mike from Charlie Mike Precision is, Charlie is a SEAL ninja. This is the sniper instructor that taught Chris Kyle and Marcus Luttrell. He's about to attempt the world's longest shot in history, uh, which is going to be really cool. Uh, Jeff's helping him do that. They built a gun for him and stuff. But it's an awesome guy. And then me and my wife got to eat dinner with him uh, just last night, which uh, was just awesome with him and... um, and Craig Sawman Sawyer, and it, we just the stories that were going around the table was was so much fun. Uh, I, I got to hear the story about when uh, Chris Pot Kyle punched you know who, and then they had to escape to another bar. Like it, it was just awesome uh, being with those guys with legends, man. Really, really cool. I'm like the luckiest guy ever, the most fortunate guy there is. Uh, so that's what happens at NRA for me. But you guys probably don't care about that. You care about some products. Um, Best optic that I put my eye in that I think you need to check out. Um, and I, I'm, they're supposed to be sending me one. Um, and it's made, it's the LE and military side of, of, uh, Swarovski. And it's the, 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 uh, the Kales. I don't know if you've ever seen, uh, Swarovski or looked through Swarovski optics, but man, they are clear. They are pretty. Um, but they've got these these optics. Uh, if it T6I, if, if I'm not mistaken, um, let me look at that one. K16I is what it is. One to six by 24. Man, it is uh, the eye box is so awesome. What I mean by eye box, uh, if you if you don't know what I'm talking about, if you ever look through an optic and you realize you have to look straight through it to get rid of all that scope shadow and make that thing pop and, you, and look through optical center of that optic. Some positions that you might find yourself in, some uh, the way you're, you're presenting that gun to the target, you may have some difficulty, you know, seeing or finding that reticle and looking straight through the optic. The eye, a bigger the eye box is, the more I can be off. So the the better I can shoot without that perfect stock weld that we get in that perfect position, the the position that we get in reality often. So I mean, this thing had a huge eye box, and it's just it just pops as soon as you get in there. It's just like no work at all eliminating that scope shadow and. Uh, 
it just awesome optic. I can't wait to get that in. They're, they're like twenty two hundred bucks or something, uh, a little out of what I usually consider my price range. But uh, I'm going to do my best to figure out how to keep this thing because uh, it's pretty awesome. Uh, I don't know the price point on the EOTech Voodoo, but I would say go check out the EOTech Voodoo as well. It was very interesting. I have a bad astigmatism. Um, I when I look at red dots like aim points, e, not EOTEX, but aim points, uh, MRO from Trigicon, any kind of red dot, even the um, actually I found that the SIG, uh, whatever they're doing, I, it still occurs, but it's not quite as bad. Uh, I see little comets coming off of the dot. I see little sprites like like flashes um, coming off the dot. It's what I, I describe them as comets because they look like comets. Um, I, I see those through in around the dot, so I can't ever see a precise dot. Even my RMR on a handgun, I can't. Even when I dial it down, I can't see a precise dot. Um, the EOTech doesn't do that for me. The way they do their imaging, uh, the holograph or whatever, the Voodoo optic by EOTech, it was one of the most crystal clear reticles I have ever seen. Uh, I mean, it was it was awesome. It, it was like it was like uh, an ACOG when you have the lighting just perfect, and it was uh, it's pretty impressive. I I got the guy's card, so I'm gonna send him an email. Hopefully, I get one of those, and you'll see. If you don't hear it from me on here, you'll see it at getzone.com, an article about that. It's on my list of, of things I want to write about and, and evaluate. But that EOTech Voodoo looked pretty promising, and you know, I was happy to see something cool and innovative from EOTech, something new uh, for everybody market. Uh, because they do some other military stuff, you know, kind of behind the scenes that, that nobody else really gets to touch. Uh, but it, it was cool to cool to see that. And I, I hope it's going to be a good optic. You know, I don't know. And I hope the price point comes in something affordable. If it does, that'd be good. Um, so, you know, check that one out. The uh, the Voodoo from EOTech. Uh, as far as guns, I, I saw the new uh, FN and it was pretty interesting. Um, was it the 509, if I remember correctly? I got to remember all these numbers. It's such a tough job. So the 509, it's, I didn't see, they, they say they did some trickery stuff that's different in that gun. They said they did some, uh, some of those things in the slide. I, I don't, I don't know what they did. I like the FNS series guns. This feels like an FNS series gun with a different slide and maybe a little cleaner break in the trigger. Um, that's not a bad thing. That's not a diss on it. I mean, it's if it's an improvement, it's great. That's awesome. And uh, but I, I like the FNS series uh, from FN, and I, their their guns are just known to be reliable and work. And uh, I had the FNS nine C for a while, uh, and it was a good gun, and I carried it quite a bit. Um, it just I, there was another gun I needed more, so I made a trade with a buddy. So it's uh. Go check it out for yourself. And uh, I'm interested in the future, though. If you guys will send me a message, what if if you especially you FNS shooters, uh, if you really see a difference or feel a difference in that gun, because I, I hold, hold the holding in my hand, everything. I didn't really get it. I'm always concerned. You know, Lyle says, I'm concerned about the polymer rails on the FN 509. You know, not really. I mean, most of the Glocks and everybody else, uh, has polymer rails on it and it's not that big of a deal. The problem is when I put my, let me make sure this holster is not in the screen. This style, Surefire Light, and then this is my Nighthawk, uh, Shadowhawk, which is, oh, it's a dream. Um, that style, Surefire Light right there, if you get it too tight on a Glock, I, I had it on my Glock 19 a few weeks ago, and I just had it what felt like was snug. And 
my it, it it was it was messing with the way my slide was moving. Like I, I could feel uh, a little catch in there. Uh, it just it wasn't quite as smooth. I could I could feel that by grabbing. I don't know what was going on. It was it was on there properly. It was just too tight. Um, putting it on a steel frame gun, not really an issue. Uh, when I put my old Surefire back on the gun that has the, the, the pull down release, they lock in place, no problem at all. So uh, I don't think it's a major issue. You know, we, we've got tons of uh, rails on polymer guns and, and they've been holding lights and working good for a long time. If you've got a good quality light that, that stays on those things, but good question, Lau. The, uh, I didn't really see, I guess that's pretty much it for, for new guns. I stopped by and saw, uh, Cy and Lauren Hudson. You guys heard from them recently on Gunfighter Cast, released back in January. Uh, they were doing, they had a 3D printout, um, of their gun with a light on it. Uh, and they were finishing up some final testing on making sure the light was going to fit properly because that's one of the main questions they have is how's the light going to work? And I liked it. That was one of my biggest concerns was was how low is this light going to end up and how's it going to fit and everything else. And I, I liked where it was at and it fit good and it was easy to, to turn that thing on and turn it off. Um, that was a concern a lot of people had. And I, I don't think they're totally out of the woods yet. I need to see it in the full gun and, and shoot it and turn the light on and off and all that good stuff but uh I, I liked what they did so far with that and uh that's still uh that one in the maxim nine from silence Co are the two most wanted handguns out there by daniel shaw right now uh those are, are are just i think just innovative and exciting and in a world and in an industry where there's not a lot of innovation and excitement uh here or at least not often um so that's pretty much it for the nra show man it was to me it's about the people and the people, my friends that I already have, and uh, I get to walk around the the halls and the exhibits, and and people stop me, or they stop me when my wife's with me, stop me and the wife, and uh, I think they stop her more than they do me now. I think I think like her hair or whatever, or you know how hot she is, like step like pops out at them or something. They're like, oh, that's that's Andrea. I follow her on Instagram. Um, that's uh, it's it's awesome, man. It's like people saying thank you for for putting us putting in the time and me putting in the time for this and everything else. And I, I, I some people are like, sorry to bother you. I don't want to like you're not bothering me at all ever, man. If it wasn't for you guys, uh, I would have to have a real job, and I don't want to ever have a real job. So I I exist. I eat. I I have roof over my head. All because you guys and nobody is ever bothering me whenever they stop me and want to say hello or get a picture. Um, I I get excited about it. I, I love it. It's it's awesome. I, I appreciate you guys who stopped me and, and did that. Uh, sometimes I'm tired and I'm in a hurry, so I apologize if I didn't seem like that at the time. But I'm sure I probably did. Steve Johnson says Andrea's hair rocks. That I I agree. Um, she gets that compliment all the time too. So that was the NRA show for me. And, uh, man, it was just, it was awesome. Um, if you ever get a chance, go to the next NRA show, you know, get, get down on, um, don't even worry about SHOT Show, man. NRA for a lot of reasons is better than SHOT Show. SHOT Show is so busy. You can't hardly talk to anybody because they're getting beat up by people all day long. The people who really have the information you might want are in meetings all day long. If the people who can really do something about your concern are usually in meetings all day long. At NRA, you can talk to the owner of the company and he's not in a meeting. You can talk to the head of marketing. You can walk right up and talk to the guy who designed that gun. And 
I don't know of any other show or anything else you can do that. Because a lot of the other shows, they don't send all those people out to. They just send some of their workers out to them. But the NRA, man, they have their, their rock stars out there. And if you get a chance, go to the NRA annual meetings because um, you, you will not be disappointed. Look forward to meeting you guys too, man. And, and you're welcome. It's uh, it's awesome. We we got a lot of cool things in store here in the next year. I can't I can't wait to tell you guys about them. Um, last thing I'm going to talk about tonight, and before we do that, uh, I I got to talk about bring my screen back up. Before we do that, um, Nighthawk Custom. I I wish I, I'm just gonna let you guys hear this. Right, you ready? What you just heard was the best trigger I have ever pressed in my entire life. I'm not, no BS. Go put your hands on, I've got a couple of other 1911s right here with me. Um, and I have, there's there's never been a better trigger pressed by this finger right here than this Shadowhawk from Nighthawk. I mean, it, it's, I don't know if anybody's in here from class uh, last weekend, but uh, I was teaching in, in Indiana last weekend. I had to change guns because I didn't spend enough time with this 1911 before the class. And uh, I would have those sights on the target, feel like everything's perfect. And right when I'm about to drop that next shot in there, the gun was going bang. Like I've, I've got to reprogram myself from crappy triggers to this trigger. I mean, it it is a dream man this this thing is awesome um i rarely get excited about guns uh you've heard me talk before like i'm just not that into guns i'm into training i'm into information i'm into learning i'm into progressing i'm into getting better those are my favorite things to do in life if guns didn't exist i would i would be a, a swordsman instructor I, I don't know i'd go for something like that um it's not the guns that excite me it's everything that surrounds that that does so uh having a gun i mean I, it's like it's like I met a new friend. Like, okay, this is fun. And I don't have the best reputation for being in love with 1911s. Uh, I've always liked 1911s. I've always loved 1911s. I've always respected John Moses of Browning. Well, we can give him a moment of silence. Um, awesome stuff. But i just never been for me for carry. Uh, I carry this gun sometimes. Um, I'm not going to carry it anymore until I get to go spend, you know, a couple 500,000 rounds, uh, 500 or 1,000. That's not 500,000. Uh, 500 to 1,000 rounds on the range in concealed carry type uh, drills. Uh, then I'll start carrying because, right, I this isn't a gun I should be carrying right now just because of, of, of me not being used to it that way. But, and it's not the safety. It's not any of those issues. It's, um, I, I can shoot the gun incredibly accurately. I could shoot the gun incredibly fast, but sometimes that first shot comes off a bit earlier than I'm used to because of all the rounds I've put through to the other guns. Uh, so I need to spend some, some more time on, on that thing, but very impressive, man. Uh, their motto was one gun, one gunsmith. And there's one gunsmith's livelihood is attached to this gun. There's If your gun's broke, it's going to go back to Nighthawk. And they're going to say, hey, man, you, you broke a gun. Your, your gun's not right. What's up with that? And they're going to figure out how to fix that thing. And they know that if that becomes an issue or it becomes a trend, then that person's probably going to be finding a new line of work. Um, and they're not going to, or at least not for Nighthawk anymore because they're not doing right. Um uh, they they just put five new guild members in the uh, or new members into the 1911 guild, and if you we're not talking about your your World of Warcraft guild, we're talking about one of the most prestigious guilds of any type of manufacturing there is. Uh, 
1911 guild is incredibly difficult to get in. And for one company to have five people inducted into the guild is, uh, is unheard of, unprecedented. And, uh, that's pretty awesome. They make good guns. At my opinion, the best 1911s out there. And they also support Gunfighter Cast. Um, and I, I really appreciate them supporting us. Uh, if that gun is in your price range, then I, that's who I would look at first, man. And, and it's not because they support Gunfighter Cast. I'd, I've been saying Nighthawk for years. Me and my wife took a Nighthawk custom handgun class uh, like three years ago. And there was about 15 people on the line, 15, maybe 20 people on the line. And we shot Nighthawks for two days straight. And there wasn't a single stoppage in that entire class. Uh, they did they did well. Um, there was some user errors, but uh, the guns worked. SIG's rule is what Mike says. Yeah. You know, if you're, if you're into... Uh, Double single and uh, incredibly high bore axis to the point to where it's not even close to necessary. Six rock. Um, I like the 320 trigger. Uh, I don't understand the engineering behind the crazy high bore axis, but uh, and I like the modularity of that gun. Uh, I think it's innovative, and I think it's going to be – we're already seeing a few other people – mimic it um i think it's going to be setting a new standard of how modular that gun is uh so I, I do like that about it and sig is out there killing it right now uh in all the different markets uh they are being impressive but rule uh, i don't know um last one we're gonna talk about uh springfield armory oh i almost forgot you can win a nighthawk custom all you got to do is go to www.nighthawk dot com slash gunfighter cast you can go on there and you can sign up they are giving away one of their 1911s every 90 days this year so if it's not in your price range you can win one not everybody can afford a, a three thousand to four thousand dollar 1911 uh but you can all afford to win one just take a minute and go over there visit that link uh if my wife's still listening or ben nightingale who's in here he can do this for me um www.nighthawkcustom.com forward slash gunfighter cast and get registered to win. Doesn't cost anything except giving up your email, but you can give up that fake email you never use or you only use for things like that. It's just fine. The lobbyist for the Illinois Firearms Manufacturers Association agreed that if the firearms manufacturers that they represent were not affected by State Bill 1657, then they would end their opposition to the bill. So they were made exempt, and then the bill passed, you know, barely by one person. That is my current understanding of what happened up there. Um, thanks, Andrea, for putting that link in there. You're fired, Ben. Um, that is... That's what I understand happened up there. Now, what I don't know is what was behind the scenes. I have sent an email to Springfield asking, and it's the right people in Springfield that, that can that can do this or give me the answer or not. And let me double check here. Uh, as of yet, I mean, this was only about an hour ago that I sent this email, but I... I invited them to, to come on Gunfighter Cast with me um, and record an episode and explain what went on. I've got two theories or two possible theories about what happened. 
one of those theories, I believe, is not very likely. But I'm not going to say it didn't happen because I might eat my words. I, I, I just, I, I, thanks. Yeah, the truth about guns, uh, Chris Cox. It's you can read, you know, a pretty, a pretty decent, you know, update of where we are right now. What may have happened is a bad decision by a company or a couple of companies. But I'm doubting that. Well, the decision to screw over or say, forget about the owners, we'll let you guys go down to only having... And when we say screw over the gun owners, the bill says that people can only transfer nine guns a year. That's what, you know, citizens out there, they can only transfer nine guns a year. Um, and I may be getting a little bit of the language wrong, and I apologize. I Don't ever take any legal advice from me. Go read up on this yourself, research it. Um, and it so everybody felt like in the industry that Springfield just said, you know, hey, we're not going to be affected now, so we don't care. Screw you, gun owners. And that's the way a lot of people feel right now. And it's possible that there was an oversight on Springfield's area that maybe they didn't consider that. Or it's possible that they did consider that and they were like, yeah, well, that's the way it is. That's the way it is. We can't do anything about it. Maybe they did. And it is almost like screw over the gun owners. What I'm thinking happened is the Illinois Firearms Manufacturers Association, IFMA, I think they have some ignorant lobbyists. Because I can't for I know the people at Springfield. I know the owner. I, I talked to him a week ago. I know his daughter. I know I know I know all of them there. And I, I had conversations off camera, off audio, off everything. And I, I know how these people are thinking and they care about the end user. And everybody knows Springfield Armory's not always been my favorite company out there. I am not a fan of the XD series guns. I'm sorry if you love them. It's just not my cup of tea. Uh, that could be another episode down the road somewhere. And I am not ashamed to say that. Uh, I wasn't ashamed to say that to Springfield. Um, but I, I know these people care about the end users and they care about the Second Amendment. And they, and they make that a priority. So it when I see all this and a lot of people just going after like you know never again Springfield or I hate you this and that and everything else, man I part of me wants to be a part of that too like how could you let this happen Springfield uh, you know but then the other part of me is wait a second I know there's more information here I know there's something deeper than this going on um, there has to be because the people that I know over there wouldn't do this and. I'm hoping that's the case, man. I really am. What I'm hoping and what I'm really thinking happened, you know, or at least this is my my theory, some lobbyist for the Illinois Firearms Manufacturers Association decided uh, or, or was told that, hey, you guys, you lobbyists, here's what the IFMA or they're saying, they're saying, we need you guys to go get these manufacturers that we represent removed from this thing at all costs. It's going to hurt them if, if, we, if they're not if exempt from this. We have to have them exempt. So now you've got some ignorant lobbyist who doesn't understand the Second Amendment properly, doesn't understand um, anything, but they know how to put pressure and put the screws to some politician. They know how to do that. We know how politics work in Illinois, right? Uh, it's like the worst in, in the country. Um, so it's we have some lobbyists in there fighting for what they believe to be just the manufacturers. So no matter how unethical in terms of corporate responsibility and how unethical it is in terms of social responsibility in defending the Second Amendment of the United States and defending those who have the right 
to practice and, and maintain and, and carry guns, it's uh, they don't. I, I that lobbyist probably didn't get any of this. I really, really doubt that Denny Reese from Springfield Armory signed a piece of paper and said that we will not oppose this anymore. Screw the individual gun owners out there as long as it doesn't affect up. I doubt that. I really do. He may have, but I, I doubt it. I think the man's of, of, bit, of higher character than that. I don't think he would have done that. And I, I really don't think he would have on purpose. So it, part of me, I, I, I don't like that this is a this is screwed up, man. First of all, it shouldn't have passed anyway. I don't even know why Springfield's even in Illinois. I don't know why Rock River's there. I think they should all roll out. Paul Christian says, is it possible that Illinois wanted or you know, wanted less than nine uh, FFL transfers a year and told Springfield, uh, et cetera, to support the nine transfers uh, or the government was going to go to three, et cetera? Yeah, maybe they're trying to put some pressure on them. You know, it's it's possible, but I mean, with, with three have really gotten passed, you know, it would why would nine get passed? I, I, I think it's ridiculous. I If I owned a company in the firearms industry, there is no way you would see me in the states of Maryland. You wouldn't see me in Connecticut. You wouldn't see me in in Colorado. I, I wouldn't be in California, that's for sure. Um, you know, there's I, New York. I wouldn't be in any of these places. Why would I want that state and that local government to continue to make dollars off of my hard work and the taxes I have to pay? I'm going to take my business to somewhere who deserves that money, to a community that deserves that money. And that's just where I'm at on that. Yeah, Mass. Oh, man, they're bad too. New Jersey. There's a lot of them. There's plenty of good states with skilled labor. I lived in Wichita, Kansas for for almost four years. Man, they have so many people that are getting laid off by the aviation industry all the time because the way they do things is really strange how they, they keep these contracts going and money. It, it's criminal in itself. But there is more skilled labor right there in Wichita they could they could run every one of these gun manufacturers and all the CNC and all everything else uh, right there in Wichita and it'd be a and your exports are and your imports and your shipping and everything else you're in the middle of the continent you get like the same rate no matter where you're shipping the stuff uh, it's a great location that would be one of the first places that I, I would I would move my business to just because of that you have so much good labor there and right in the middle of the continent it's just awesome for a thousand reasons um, so when I said at the beginning that uh, Maybe there was a mistake made. Then, yeah, I, I think the mistake's being in Illinois to begin with. Uh, and then there's other, maybe if they, if they hired an ignorant lobbyist or they hired or they joined an association that is stupid enough to hire a Second Amendment ignorant lawyer or lobbyist, then that's a mistake all by itself too, right? It's, uh, it, this shouldn't happen. We have to all have the same voice. We have to all come together, um, and we've got to we got to keep fighting this stuff, man. Uh, even if, if it's going to affect your business or somebody else, you know, or or an end user or anything else. Um, I don't care how awesome your business is. If people stop buying your guns, then you don't have a business anymore, right? You don't have a, you don't have a reason to do more transfers. And I I know I know the people at Springfield. And I, I'll just say I I really don't believe this went down the way it's being portrayed by a lot of people on the internet right now. It may be. I'm hoping it's not, and I'm holding out for what I I know of the ownership of that company. 
so so uh, Bob Denham says, I love their guns, but I won't buy another one. They don't care. They took the easy way out. I that's what we're just talking about. I I don't know if they did. I don't I don't know that we have enough information to draw that conclusion. They may have. It's possible. But I I don't I don't think we have enough information to draw that conclusion. Uh, I would love to get that information. I asked uh, the Reese's for uh, an exclusive to come on Gunfighter Cast and and tell us what happened. Tell us how this went down because I don't believe they did it on purpose. I don't believe they they saw this. I don't believe that they they would sign off on this. And and uh, maybe they take me up on it. Maybe they don't. I'm going to tag them in this. Maybe they watch it. Uh, but I, I would I would love to have them on. And you know you're going to hear it from them and not what somebody else's interpretation of it is. That's why I would like to have their voice on here. Uh, and then you decide, you know, I, I didn't go to any of the talks in the, in the NRA show, Blake. Um, it's, it just, uh, uh, I don't know if they did or not. Cause I, I didn't get in any of the, the little, the conferences and all that stuff that they had guys, I'm going to finish up the show and then I'm going to hang out here with you as long as you guys are going to talk and, and ask questions. Um, it, it, it all just for here a few minutes. So well, that was it. That was one of, I think, my third live episode of Gunfighter Cast. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that show. And uh, you can find the next one at Daniel Shaw 0369 on Facebook. So it would be Facebook forward slash Daniel Shaw 0369. Um, if you're downloading this podcast, make sure you look at the, uh, the show notes in this and click the links to all of our sponsors and all those different things uh, out there and the people who help support the show and make it happen. Uh, I really appreciate what they're doing it. And the, one of the things that I appreciate the most is my patrons out there. Uh, through patreon.com, you can go there or patreon.com forward slash gunfightercast. You can find my show's page on there. And what Patreon is, is people pledge a dollar per episode they pledge five dollars an episode there's a couple guys who pledge like 20 bucks an episode of gunfighter cast and it's because they they learn something they get something out of it uh they they dig it for whatever reason and they want to contribute to the show and say thanks you know people spend a dollar a day on coffee or, or heck if you're going to some of the coffee joints you're spending six bucks on coffee a day if if you, I usually do four to eight episodes a month. If, if you enjoy the show, you get something out of it, go to patreon.com and, and pledge a dollar, two dollars. You'll get shows earlier, uh, than they're produced or they're released out there in I, or on iTunes and the other podcatchers. Um, and you'll sometimes get some exclusive content. Uh, so if that's interest you at all, uh, go on there. And if you don't want to spend more than eight bucks a month, tell it to never go over eight dollars a month. Like it's, uh, it's awesome. Uh, like that. So, guys, thanks a lot. I thanks for hanging out again with me for uh, this episode of Gunfighter Cast. And until next time, Gunfighter Cast out. <laughs>